And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I want to talk about not, not just creating cash flow, but creating extra cash flow. Cash flow on top of cash flow. Yeah, that, that is a thing. That can be a thing. And this will fit well with just generally the, the idea of really the importance of passive income. Cash flow in particular and your, let's say, emergency fund whether you have one or not, you should have one, yeah, ideally, but uh, we'll talk about that. And then I've got some really good news for you. Uh, there is some tax relief for us here in Texas that is probable. It's not a done deal fully yet. We'll talk about that. But if you've been lamenting the high property taxes here, well, there's, there is some good news on the horizon. We'll talk about how that fits actually very well hand in glove with the Lifestyles Unlimited model. Using the Lifestyles Unlimited model, in fact, will help you better leverage those gains that we're, we're probably going to see next year. And if we have time, I have a listener question that kind of ties in as well around the notion of property taxes and protesting those outside of the regular protest window. That window is still ongoing, by the way. I've wrapped everything up over in Tarrant County, Fort Worth area. Uh, still Denton County open, Dallas County open. I don't, I don't even know when my ARB hearings are going to be scheduled there yet. No news. <laughs> so they are clearly underwater. They, they could use some relief. But let's move on and, and, and get to this notion first and foremost about cash flow and how that can help you with emergencies. I think this is important. I, I got whacked this past week. I had not, not just one car but both cars at the mechanic in in the shop and i'll tell you if you if you've if you've gone through this 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 is typically a surprise and typically not a cheap endeavor getting that thing back up and and running so again not one but but both cars at once and it's expensive and what would you do think about this what would you do if this happened just to one car it's a car you got to use to get to work for example you, you can't wait you got to get it done quickly get that thing back up and running well do you have the funds to cover this sudden unexpected expense if you do any reading online i don't know about you i know where i sit i don't know about you but if you look online uh different different sources will have slightly different information but fortune for example uh quoted just this year um 57 of americans cannot afford a one thousand dollar emergency expense be that emergency room be that auto emergency like i experienced i saw 53 percent have no emergency savings whatsoever and I, I'd really like for that to change for us as a nation. Now, I think over time we, we did have some, we had some of that stimulus money we got and everybody got a little bit richer on their savings account, but that has since begun to be depleted. So ask yourself, what would you do? And there's an interesting study on bankrate.com around emergency savings. They did a, did a study, have a, produced a little report. Lots of information gets into demographics, baby boomers versus Gen X. I'm not gonna focus on that today. But they asked the question, how would you pay for a surprise expense if it was a $1,000 expense for a car repair or uh, emergency room visit? 43% of people do have savings set aside, and they would use that to pay for the cost. Okay, not bad. A lot of people, though, they're going to finance it with a credit card, 
and pay that off over time. 25% uh, responded with credit card. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we know the interest rates have been going up. Guess what? That's flowing through to the credit card. The cost of that debt right there is getting more and more expensive. Others are going to stop spending on other things, borrow from family or friends, take out a personal loan, again, higher interest, something else, whatever that may be. But clearly some people are prepared, but a lot of people, again, a lot of people are not. 57% of people cannot, cannot handle this, do not have the savings set aside for this $1,000 emergency. Now, how did that look in my case? Um, I don't know. My truck is still in the shop. I'm waiting for the diagnosis, making some some crazy sounds on the back end, something with the differential, I suspect, four-wheel drive. Don't know. We'll see. Probably not cheap. Got the car out already, $850 later. Done. Fixed. Took care of that emergency. How? Well, I handled it with the excess cash flow from my rental properties. If, you, if you're just now catching the show, I retired from corporate America from you know living off of exclusively the the cash flow from my single family rentals built that portfolio over the years followed the lifestyles unlimited model and created enough cash flow that it that it met and actually exceeds my monthly living expenses actually exceeded my my salary from the the corporate world at the time that I departed so i just took that cash flow that's in excess of what i need and pointed it at this emergency that's what I'd like you to start to think about doing, creating that cash flow. And this is not active cash flow that I'm working to earn. This is passive income that comes in no matter what I'm doing. And I'm going to use an example from a recent property that I was reviewing with uh, one of the Lifestyles Realty team here in the Dallas area. And this house, you know, it was it's in a tertiary market. Uh, it was on the tax rolls. In other words, the county had appraised it at $170,000. That is not the market value, by the way. There's typically a discrepancy there. Market value was somewhere north of two hundred. But based on that $170,000 value last year, the taxes were $3,808, right? So the tax rate essentially in this market was 2.24%. Okay, don't worry about the numbers so much, but just know that that was the tax number for last year. My realtor, he's conservative when he puts his numbers together. All of the Lifestyles Realtors will be. So he plugged that number. And at the end of the day, the expected cash flow on this particular project was $200. Right? Good number. We want to see 200 to 600. I was very interested in this investment. Um, capital gain was very, very large on this one. But... Here's the interesting point for you. If we're talking cash flow and creating extra cash flow, I know he's being conservative. I love that. But I know when I buy this property, I'm not buying it for $170,000. I'm not buying it for the market rate of, let's say, two twenty. In fact, this would have been a $90,000 purchase. So what does that mean to me in terms of creating extra cash flow? Well, I know that when I buy this house for $90,000, I can go down to the tax appraisal district in that county, submit my settlement statement, say, look, you're, you're way overvalued at 170. This needs to be 90. 99 times out of 100, they exactly match that. I've had a few occasions where they argued with me about it not being an arm's length transaction, and instead of 90, they gave me 95. Okay, I'm not happy, but okay, I'll, I'll live with that. For the purposes of our discussion now, if I take that tax rate, 2.24%, and apply that to 90 instead of 170, I get $2,000. That's an $1,800 savings on the year right there. What does that do to my cash flow? In year one, I'm cash flowing 350, not 200. 
year two. Typically, if you protest and reset the value, a lot of the counties leave it untouched for, for another year. Not always. And the counties seem to shift their strategies and their tactics and their approaches over time. I've had them leave the value for, for even three years. So it's good to get out there and take this tactic. But right there, I already know I'm going to create an additional $150 per month cash flow on top of the projected cash flow. So that's what I mean by creating even more cash flow. You don't have to go down and protest. I strongly encourage that you do. And when you hear the next bit of news in the, in the coming segment, you'll understand why that's very important. So I've essentially gone by one very simple act from 2400 a year in cash flow to 4200 Big jump. And if you're an investor and you're not sticking around buying just one house, you're buying five, that's an even bigger jump because you're going to do this across multiple properties. So again, this goes back to the lifestyles model and the fact that I'm not buying retail, I'm not buying at these upper levels, I'm, I'm, I'm buying at a discount. Okay, and I'm going to protest back down. Now, here's the problem. We do do that, and yeah, we get that $90,000. We enjoy that cash flow for year one, maybe year two. What happens in year three? Well, if you live in your own house, you know that your homestead has a, has a cap. It can only go up 10% per year. So if your house was valued last year at $200,000, they can only take it up to two twenty this year. Do the math going, going up after that. Right, so you're, you're 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 capped each year. Rental properties, second properties, vacation homes, none of that has had that cap in place. And I've seen years where they've gone up twenty percent, forty percent, sixty percent, eighty percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, doubling that value, which in effect doubles the taxes. So my rentals have never had that that protect. I've talked to investors that have endured even bigger increases. Now, I will tell you. When they do that to me, I don't just sit on my hands and, 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 and bear it. A couple things happen. Number one, my rents will go up. My rents will go up. And number two, I will go down to the county and I will fight with them and I will argue with them and I will have an informal discussion with the appraiser and hopefully I win there. And if I don't win there, I go to the appraisal review board and have that discussion. I've had very good success there. If you want to go even farther, yeah, you can, you can go even farther. There are other remedies. I know investors that have done that so far, knock on wood, fortunately, I have not had to. In fact, this year, I was fairly lucky. They were gentler than usual. My biggest increase was 47%. Had one house that went up 80K and I fought it, took off 40K. So we kind of split the difference. Um, I acknowledge the market is up, but uh, saved myself considerably on the taxes through the process. Now, that's in a normal year. What's going to happen here, here is where we have some possible or maybe better put some probable good news coming down the pike for us here in Texas. Quick break. We'll take that up when we get back. Questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. What does Dell Walmsley, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, think you need to succeed in this market? It's time to buy, and so you better get prepared, you better get educated, you better get your money right. You need to get involved because you're going to need the financing. You're going to need the vendors that we have available to us. You're just going to need the interaction with people. You need to 
immerse yourself into real estate. Start your real estate immersion with the free workshop live online at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. If you have any questions, you can send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. Again, askandy at luinc.com. We got into a little bit of some numbers in the prior segment. I've got some more for you, so if I lose you anywhere in there, again, send me an email. I'll, I'll be happy to explain that. I answer those myself. I receive those myself. It's it's just you, you and I continuing the conversation, and that's perfectly okay. And we talked in the last segment about just one of the usual things I do in a normal situation to get my cash flow and then add some extra cash flow on top just by way of the, the property tax appraisal system here in in texas and in the example we looked at it's a, i got a 75 percent increase in my cash flow in years one and probably in years two right went from 200 to 350 that's the monthly net right i'm able to take that up through the process just because i'm buying right buying at a discount and showing my discount to the appraisal district you're right ninety thousand dollars instead of 170 let's lower you problem being a couple years later they say hey you know we know you went in and fixed that thing up maybe they even saw my my, my pictures out there in 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 the in the internet where i had it listed for rent etc i don't know but they bump it back up and they don't just take it up 10 percent like your homestead they take it up 50 percent. they take it up 80 percent. they take it up 100 percent. and i watch my cash flow dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and now i go protest i do have a remedy we've talked about that a lot on the show but here's the good news that 80% increase, that may be going away. So there's a Texas property tax relief coming. And this has been uh, going on, you know, the Texas legislature meets every two years and they are actually meeting in a special session. Uh, the governor brought them back together. We need to get this done because it is a huge burden, not just for us, the rental investors, but for everybody in the state. Granted, the property taxes in part go to fund the, the school districts. That's the biggest piece of, of the taxes that you pay. But they finally got their heads together and found a solution. And I'm going to just take a look at it. I'm going to jump between my notes here and a website. You'll find a lot of news out there. Now, this is not fully a done deal yet. Some of the onus is now going to fall upon you and on me to get this done. But uh, here in this case, I'm just looking at the Texas Farm Bureau.org. Uh, and they've got some, some information around this. Texas legislature passes record property tax relief package. Now, the legislature has passed that. What have they passed? Senate Bill 2. That's the tax relief. Now, you'll probably see some verbiage around Senate Bill 3 that, that concerns the franchise tax. For most of us, that's not going to be relevant, so we'll leave that out of the conversation. And then they've got House Joint Resolution 2. That's the important part right now. That, 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 that proposes a constitutional amendment to the Texas Constitution, and that is a required thing to authorize these tax cuts. That means that will be up to you, like I said, in November. They're going to have, they'll, they'll put this out uh, for a vote, so we need to get out and vote yes or no. Yes or no. And I think when you hear what I'm about to present to you, you're going to say absolutely yes. <laughs> We've been struggling to get something done for a long time. Legislature doesn't meet for another two years. All right, so this is our opportunity. And let's talk about the Senate bill part uh, uh, two, because that's that's really the, the part that's going to bring us the, the tax relief. So once we get that joint resolution passed in November, Senate bill two takes effect. And it does, it does several things for property owners. 
not again, not just I, the rental property owner, but for everybody. Now, there are two things in particular that will help you and I, the rental property owners. Okay, this is important. I do want to talk to the broader audience, though, when it comes to your homestead, meaning your personal residence, where you have that homestead exemption in place. If you have a personal residence without that exemption in place, get it in place. And it does a big thing for us. It takes the homestead exemption for school taxes from $40,000 to $100,000. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go find the last tax bill that you got from your independent school district. I'm looking at mine from the prior year, and I could see the total appraised value on the tax district. Uh, I see the $40,000 exemption. I see the resulting taxable value, and I see the tax rate they applied, 1.1429. Okay, so for me, that yielded you know $2,600, $2,700 in taxes last year. Now, they're going to let us apply a bigger exemption. So instead of $40,000, I'll now be applying one hundred. So what does that mean? I did the math earlier. I don't have it in front of me, but it's about a $600 savings just due to that, in my case, due to that um, bigger exemption. So good news for the, for, the, for the personal residences out there, for the homesteads. Now, what about the rental owners? In fact, big news for everybody, uh, another part of this bill the state of Texas is going to pick up part of the the tab, uh, essentially for for the school budgets. So, um, in fact, to the tune of well, here, here I'm just going to quote it. They say a seven billion dollars in tax rate compression. Translation: lower tax rate on the school portion of your tax bill. Again, that is always the biggest part of those annual taxes here in, in, in Texas is the school portion. So uh, just looking at my tax bill from last year, 2022, that tax rate was 1.1429, right? Applied to the exemption, exempted amount or non-exempted amount. That 1.1429, that will decrease. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know how that $7 billion will flow through to each school district. Don't know. But I know I will have some winnings from that. If that just drops down from 1.14 to 1.04, it's a couple hundred dollars, right? For folks, again, thinking and going back to the start of the show, that emergency that, that comes up, we're going to cover part of that out of these additional taxes. We're going to cover part of that if you're a rental investor by going out and protesting and creating that extra cash flow. Okay, so different ways to, to, to solve that initial problem that we were talking about. And legislature is going to help us uh, in the coming years. By the way, this had a little bit of difficulty finding a, a concrete date, uh, but it, but I, but if I'm reading correctly, this is all going to begin in 2024. Okay, so we're in 2023 right now. So small gain for us, the rental owners, because that tax rate compression that's just that will apply to everybody. So if you're like me and you have multiple houses across multiple counties and multiple cities and multiple school districts. I will absolutely see a win across my portfolio, and that will add up. And I think it's some really good news coming down the pike for us. Now, we do have to get out and vote as citizens in November to, to approve the uh, tax relief bill. Uh, but once that goes through, and I think it will go through, um, there's, there's some significant savings for, for us as rental owner operators. How does this uh, tax relief here in Texas fit great, wonderfully, within the Lifestyles Unlimited Model Now, keep in mind, as I'm reading this, this begins in, in 2024. Do my actions this year help me? Is there anything I can do to prepare? 
If you're still in that protest window, get out there and protest hard. Get those values down because you're setting the benchmark very low now for that coming year. But first, I want to talk generally about the Lifestyles Unlimited model because what we're buying are not marked market rate houses. We're looking for distressed property, distressed sellers. Now, we may be looking, let's say we're looking in a market where sales prices of the average home are $200,000. That's going to be my, my market value once I've found a house and fixed it up. But we're looking for those houses that are a wreck, need a ton of work. Maybe it's foundation repair, maybe it's replacing the roof, maybe it's you know new HVAC air conditioner. Right now we know we need those. Um, typically cosmetic on top, carpet, flooring, paint, new fixtures, right? Whatever the, the fixture of the day is, brushed nickel, is it oil rubbed bronze? We're going with all this stuff and we're renovating it. Now, let's say in our example, we're, we're going to do $50,000 worth of work. Now, the seller, the distressed owner that has not taken care of that house, it's going to cost them a lot more. As investors, we have access to resources, and we can get this done cheaper for, for, for less money. Now, the work's not cheaper, but for less money than what that homeowner can do. Therefore, they sell us, they sell us this property at an even lower price, and we buy it for how much? $100,000. All right, so we're paying $100,000 to get this property, $50,000 worth of work putting into it. It's going to value $200,000. We're not going to get into equity capture, uh, but we've got some equity capture right there. Now, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get down to that county appraisal district, and we're going to, we're going to cast out that value anchor. We're going to anchor it low. In fact, we're going to anchor it at $100,000 because that's what we paid for it. And because we know that it's only going to go up 20%, per year for each of the next three years. Well, what does that mean to me? What does that number really mean to me in terms of cash flow? You know, I did an analysis using these numbers. And if we take that same house before this bill goes down the pike, right? And we do what we talked about, we get it lowered for a couple years, it's going to pop back up in no time to whatever the market rate is. But after the bill, we buy for $100,000, we get that value lowered. We're probably already saving a couple hundred dollars a month. So instead of a $200 cash flow house, it's now a $400 cash flow property. We've already doubled our money in terms of cash flow right there. Now, in a traditional situation, that's going to pop back up maybe after year one, maybe after year two, and suddenly our cash flow advantage goes away or is minimized. But next year, with this new cap, it can only go up 20%. It's now 120, well below that $200,000 market point. In fact, it's probably appreciated to 210. And as a result of making sure that we get down to that county and, and fight that tax appraised value at the outset, anchor it low, keep it low. Now, can you continue to protest even if they take you up 20%? Of course, of course, your yields will be a little bit lower in this, in this situation, but I would encourage you to do that just the same. Because as we know, if you keep that anchor low, well, the following year, it's only going to go up 20% again, right? So it's a virtuous circle here uh, that can, t can continue to feed itself. In the model I put together, you know, we're doubling our cash flow in year one. We're, we're an additional 125 in year two, an additional 115 in year three, an additional 100 in year four. That's going to play into my growth as an investor. That's going to play into our earlier topic of emergencies and funding emergencies not out of the credit card or out of our savings, but just out of cash flow. You had a couple of houses like this, your, your cash flow is going to be significant pretty quickly. Four-year savings in my, in my model is close to $7,000. Bam. Paid my truck, truck repair, paid my car repair, didn't mention the leaky shower I uncovered. Yeah, paid for that repair. 
all those emergencies, all those sudden surprises, you can now cover those a little bit better by creating cash flow on top of your investment income. Okay, so again, this is not a done deal. Uh, it is incumbent upon the voters in Texas to get out and vote in November uh, because this will this will be on the ballot then. Now I want to shift to the question I actually got uh, very recently from a listener. Um, he was asking, and we've talked about this on prior shows, not this year, I think in the in, in past years, but what do you do if you buy a property? let's say after that tax protest window and you buy it at this discount you know market value 200 maybe they've got you on the tax rolls at 180 but you paid 100 can you do anything about it yeah you can yeah you can uh, the the Texas comptroller provides that if the appraisal district made a substantial error in value you can protest at any time it's part of the code called section 25.25d and it prescribes that if it's a homestead if it's your personal residence if it's a quarter overvalued 25 percent overvalued you can do this but for non-homesteads investors in other words if you're a third or 33 percent overvalued you can go out and, and protest this at any time and i have bought houses later in the year where we've got it at such a significant discount that that's all i did you write a letter to the county appraisal district I think in, in past years I've mailed them in these days I just find the appropriate email email that letter and I reference section 25.25d I don't believe there's a, a form out there for this necessarily but just write my letter my letter politely address the uh, appraisal district and cite my purchase price cite their value reference the 33% or greater overvalued why did I get it at a discount? I'm going to send in some of those pictures that I got before buying of the foundation drop, the broken windows, the no carpet, right? Spray paint on the walls, perhaps. Whatever, whatever those issues were that drove the discount, I'm going to provide that to them so they can see, yeah, this is a legitimate, a legitimate reason. And they're going to lower the value. And I'm going to cast that anchor at that $100,000 purchase price or 80 or 110 or 120 whatever that discount is as long as you're under as long as it's 33% or greater overvalued you can do this and again most commonly this occurs because you are following the lifestyles model because you have bought right you bought correctly you bought at a discount and maybe you bought after the tax protest window you can still do this so 2024 you know about six months five six months away all right so if you're still out there buying and you get the situation cast that anchor get that value reset now so that you can enjoy those fruits in each of the coming three years pending voter <laughs> you know agreement in november okay um so good news, I think. I wanted to be sure to share that with you. Uh, again, I read that on the Texas Farm Bureau. Lots of print out there already about that. Uh, let your friends know. Let them know it's important to get out and vote. Whether they vote for or against, they may have the reasons. I don't know. Uh, but, I, but I'd like to see that we're able to take advantage of this uh, new relief. Okay. My renters will love it. I will love it. And we'll continue to follow the path if you want to learn more about the path the path to your financial freedom learning to do the things that we're talking about here buying at a discount buying and renovating whether in texas or in one of those markets that we talked about with some of the sales managers georgia tennessee arizona kansas missouri you can do that too 
And you can learn how to do that if you go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Click on the free workshop button to get your first introduction to what we do. Hey, and keep rolling from there. I look forward to hearing from you. Ask Andy at luinc.com. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.